nestled in the foothills of the mighty Alps was a small Bavarian village. During the day, it was bustling with people selling their wares, tending the fields and working. But at night, the village came alight with candles and garlands of holly. The villagers sung songs and meandered through the streets, taking in the decorations of the town square. They were preparing for the Feast of St. Nicholas. But a wailing feeling hung in the villagers' minds, like a cold gust of wind on a sunny day. Parents told tales to their children about a beast of the night that came down from the dark mountains, stalking through the village with his burlap sack and horse-haired whip, his long red tongue lolling out of his mouth, seeking out those who had misbehaved. Now, Klaus and Emma heard these stories. Their home was next to the dark forests of the mountain, and their parents often warned them that they would be the first ones taken if they were naughty. But Mama, how do we know who's been bad? Klaus asked as they walked through the front door of their home. Why, he speaks to St. Nicholas, of course. His mother chuckled as she helped the children out of their coats and boots. The three of them made their way up the creaky wooden stairs and pushed open the heavy door to the children's bedroom. They changed into their nightclothes and climbed into their beds. Why would St. Nicholas tell him who's been naughty? Emma cried out from her bed. Hmm, I don't know, darling, but you two are good children. So you shouldn't worry about that devilish beast. But! No buts. It's time for bed. Get some rest. We have a big day tomorrow. Their mother kissed their foreheads and shut the heavy door. Klaus and Emma sat in their beds, listening to the night wind whistle through the trees. From his bed, Klaus could see the forest looming silently, concealing hidden figures. He looked deep into the woods, trying to see what could be lurking. Huh? Emma's tiny voice broke him out of his trance. Don't worry, I'll protect you. He held up his toy sword his father had made him last holiday season. Promise? Promise. And with that, Emma drifted off to sleep. Klaus was determined to keep his sister safe. He made sure to keep his toy sword near him and occasionally peek out his window. The moon was full, illuminating the night, and Klaus could clearly see the thick trees of the ancient forest. Occasionally, a small animal would cross the fresh snow. Slowly, his head grew heavy, and he drifted off to sleep. Klaus didn't know how long he had been asleep for. All he knew was that he was awoken by the clear sound of bells. They were a crisp, cold sound that echoed through the night. He scrambled out of his covers and looked out the window. But he saw nothing, just the forest, snow, and eerie quiet of the night. Another ring of the bells cut through the silence. He pressed his small nose against the glass, his breath stalking up the window. He saw an enormous dark figure emerge from the shadow of the trees. His cloven hooves crunched the fresh snow. A garland of silver bells hung around his waist, glowing in the moonlight. Next to the bells was a long, dark, horse-haired whip. Over his shoulder hung a huge burlap sack. Krampus had come to the village. The boy was frozen in place. Krampus had a monstrous face, twisted between that of a goat and a man his long red tongue hanging out of his mouth. He was covered in thick 
black fur with two enormous horns emerging from his skull. The creature took a deep breath and turned his head towards the boy's room. Their eyes met and the boy gasped, falling back into his bed and quickly diving under his covers. He began to pant heavily. Klaus clung to his toy sword, trying to steady his breathing. I must be brave for Emma. Slowly, he climbed out from the safety of his blankets and looked out the window. Nothing was there. It's been a dream. The bells cut through the still room. Suddenly, he heard the heavy steps of hooves right above him. voice cut through the night. The wood of the roof creaked under Krampus's weight. Klaus dove under his covers, wrapping them around himself. He held his toy sword tightly. Naughty children will take the thing of my wit and be drowned in my stocking. Krampus's voice echoed through the room, the bells jingling louder and louder. And soon, Klaus heard the hooves outside the bedroom door. Slowly, the heavy door creaked open. The faint smell of pine and cloves filled the room. Krampus walked into the center of the room and placed his heavy sack down. He unhooked his whip from the garland of bells and toyed with it in his claws. Klaus held his breath. His heart was pounding in his ears. Krampus turned to Emma's bed and peered at the sleeping girl. He then turned over to Klaus's bed and saw a lump in the middle. He bent down his clawed hand, it ghosting over the blankets. And then, suddenly, Krampus stood up. No naughty children here. Krampus let out a hearty laugh, and then there was quiet. Klaus remained in the safety of his blankets until daylight. He never forgot what he experienced that night. Even long into his adulthood, Klaus made sure to never look out the windows on the eve of St. Nicholas and made sure his children always behaved. Welcome to Legends and Lore, where we dive into the strange and fascinating world of folktales, myths, and legends. I'm your host, Sophia, and I'm so excited to welcome you to our first episode of the podcast. Today, we'll be exploring the popular character of Krampus, the demonic helper of St. Nicholas. Krampus has become a popular figure in recent times, with the Krampus runs becoming international destinations for several thrill-seekers. Krampuslauf, aka the Krampus Run, is where adults dress up as a variety of Krampuses, donning thick animal hide coats, fake beards, and fearsome masks. These demons make their way through the towns, scaring children and adults alike, reminding them to be on their best behavior. <laughs> 
Contrary to popular belief, Krampus is not a single being, but a name of a specific type of demon. These demons are companions of St. Nicholas, the oldest version of Santa Claus. It is said that the reason for this creature was to keep children from misbehaving during the long winter months. This is when food was scarce and boredom was ever lurking. Krampus was a representation of the harsh punishments of misbehaving during the long winter. Traditionally, the demon would either beat naughty children with a birch switch, which is basically a bundle of sticks, or a horse-haired whip. Some stories say the demon would throw extremely ornery children into a sack, either bringing them to hell or eating them. The Krampuslauf was a way to not only enforce notions of good behavior, but also a symbolic threat of violence and rebellion towards those who went against decorum. This run usually takes place on the eve of St. Nicholas, which is usually on December 5th. However, in some regions, there can be groups of Krampuses patrolling the streets from November until December. The costumes worn by the runners differ depending on the Alpine region. In some older regions, people wear a fake beard, darken their faces, dress in long, dark clothes, and wear a wooden mask. In more Catholic regions, these masks have several horns from different animals representing the creature's ties to the devil. In either case, these masks are called larvin, which is derived from the Latin word larva, which means both mask and ghost, and not disgusting baby bug. In conjunction with the run, many regions also have a St. Nicholas play. This is where they retell the story of the saint and how he gives small gifts of dried fruit, cakes, nuts, and candies to well-behaved children. Krampus is a reoccurring character in these plays, where he naturally depicts what happens to the misbehaving children, usually involving a lot of fire and brimstone. The origins of this devilish character can be traced back to around the 16th century, with the earliest reference to the run being documented in 1582 in the Bavarian town of Diesen. I apologize if I said that incorrectly. Where Krampus is mentioned in passing along with Perkta. Spoiler alert, Perkta is going to be episode 2. Now, Perkta is a relic of Alpine paganism having her roots in both Upper Germany and Austria. So it is said she comes down from the mountains during winter months and is most active during midwinter, also known as the 12 days of Christmas, which usually takes place between December 24th to January 6th. It is said she comes in two forms. Naturally, that of the goddess, where she rewards good children with either silver or gold coins in their shoes, or that of the hag, where she appears as a ghastly monster who kills misbehaving children and fill their bellies with trash. Because it doesn't matter what the folktale is, if it's German, it's just going to end poorly for the child. While Perkta is considered part of paganism, Krampus is not. This was a common misconception 
driven by 19th century folklorists who wanted to demonstrate how the Catholic Church was destroying traditional stories. Unfortunately for them, this narrative was then taken up by the Nazis, who also added that the traditions of the Krampus runs were stopped due to it being unholy and portraying paganist beliefs. Not true. In reality, priests had tried to ban the runs in the 17th century, but this was mainly due to the alcohol and reckless behavior that inevitably took place during the festivals. Because if you're going to give a bunch of adults big scary masks and tell them to run around in furry suits and scare children, they are inevitably going to drink, because I know I would. Now the runs and traditions did suffer from neglect in the late 18th century and early 19th century being only kept alive by small villages deep in the Alpine regions. Funnily enough, the revival of the character came around in the 1870s with the creation of Red Krampus cards. These cards usually depicted a Christmas scene, but with a twist. Having Krampus being the one at the center of the cards, scaring the children, and St. Nicholas usually off to the side. These cards were incredibly popular thanks to the booming postal market. The cards were also considered extremely nostalgic for those who had moved from villages where the traditions were still alive into large cities in search of work during the Industrial Revolution. In a fun twist, the rise of consumerism truly saved the demonic character from being lost to time. Nowadays, Krampus is a beloved member of the Alpine folklore and traditions, with plenty of regions keeping the stories alive for generations to come. So I would like to say thank you so much for sticking until the end of the podcast. I truly appreciate it. I'm not too sure about how the format's going to be. So the first couple of episodes might be a little bit rocky. So I do apologize in advance. But I'm incredibly excited to start this journey with you guys. If you like diving into fun, funky little mythologies from around the world, stick around. We're going to have fun here. I don't think they're going to be as formal as I did this one. I think we're going to be a little bit more loosey-goosey with it. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for sticking around, and I will see you in the next one. Bye!